Bava Metzia, Perik Dalag, Mishnah Base 4.2, and this Mishnah really is following on on the previous one, where it starts out with the word Ketzad, so how does this work? So he gives an example. Uh, if the purchaser takes the produce, meaning the merchandise, but doesn't yet pay for the goods that he's purchasing, well, it doesn't matter, he can't go back on the transaction, because as we said before, what affects the transaction is the taking of the merchandise. So once he's taken the merchandise, boom, it's now his, and just a matter of him now uh, making payment. On the flip side, if the buyer gave the money, but he has not yet taken the merchandise, he could go back on it, meaning that the transaction isn't done, because what affects the transaction is taking the merchandise, the fact you pay for it, doesn't make it a done deal. So both parties could um, essentially backtrack and say, you know what, we're not going to do this. We found a better deal elsewhere or something like that. That would be within their legal prerogative. Now, um, there is a machlokas in the Gemara whether or not the giving of money alone can affect the transaction if if uh, it taking money can be used as a Maisa Kenyan or not. Um, according to Yochran, the Torah says, yes, it could. According to Rish Lakish, the Torah says, no, it can't. Our mission is reflecting that, no, it can't. But Rabbi Yochanan says, yeah, the reason why our mission says it can't, even though the Torah says it could, is because the rabbis got involved. The rabbis said, wait a second. We don't want the handing over of money to effect the transaction. Why? Because we're afraid that, that once the seller has the money, he won't take any responsibility for the merchandise. And let's say, hypothetically, the merchandise is sitting back in his warehouse, and there's a fire coming. He'll pick up the phone and say, listen, you better act quick. Your stuff is <laughs> your stuff is going to get burned otherwise. And since he won't protect the stuff from getting burned, so then it will, he won't protect the buyer uh, from loss, because it's not his problem anymore, because he already sold it. Of course, not very ethical, but it will be legally within his right to do so. Therefore, the always said no. Until the purchaser is in physical possession by taking physical possession through Hagbah or the like, he's Moshecha, whatever the case is and the thing he's buying, it has an effect the transfer of ownership and therefore the deal is not done. Okay? Now the halacha is that Medoraisa, while it's true that Medoraisa, handing over money does affect the Kenyan Medorabana, no it doesn't um, so now Mishra goes on to say Aval Amru, however, the rabbi said, once you've given over the money. Although, technically speaking, you could back out of it, thanks to the rabbis. Um, and there's a bit of a machlokas, there's a big machlokas, actually, in, in the early Rishonim. Uh, what the rabbis did mechanically, exactly, did they say that it's just not binding, or it's binding, you can back out of it. Be that as it may, the point is, um, you, you, you can legally now back out of it uh, by uh, retracting your money. So the case is, you know, you are looking for a used car, some guy says, I have, you know, a, a Toyota, a red Toyota of such a year, and I want, you know, $10,000 for it. And you say, great. Um, and you give him a down payment, let's say, or whatever it is, um, or you give him the money, whatever the story is. And then, there's a machlokas on that too, so I'm not getting into that. Um, and then, uh, you know, bef- the next the next day when you go to pick up the, by the time you go to pick up the car, you find that someone else is selling the exact same car, you know, for 9000 So you say, you go back to the guy say, forget it, I want my money back. I didn't take your car, not a binding Kenyan. I got a better deal elsewhere. So a person could do that, but if he does, he's he's a bad guy. Um, he's a dishonorable person, not standing by his word. And more than that, the rabbis invoked like a a curse against him, which according to Rava and the Lacha, actually they actually literally curse him out of the Bezdin. And the 
the curse is referred to as the Misha Para situation, which means he, the one who took retribution, who paid out. And but the Mishnah's words are Misha Para Me'anshe Dorha Mabel Vador Haflaga, or Haplaga. Different. Okay, the the one who um, took you know took the task, who who took retribution, who paid out the men, the people of the generation of the flood, like in Noah's time, and the generation of the Haplaga, or the Haflaga, how it's typically pronounced, is uh, like the, the door Haflaga, is the like the Tower of Babel, that generation after Noah, they got it. And the bartender actually brings um, a version, like we see in the in the Brisa, in the Gemara, it's not just those two, but also Ume'an Stom, the people of Amora, the people of Stom and Amora, Ume'an Mitzrim, Shestaf Bayam and the and the Egyptians who Hashem drowned in the ocean. So that's same Hashem, Asidli Parea Mimisha Eno Omed Bidiburo. He Hashem will similarly take uh, to task the guy who doesn't stand by his word, meaning the guy who paid money but backs out of it. So he gets them his money back, but he's a bad guy. He's cursed up by the rabbis, and the curse is pretty in- intimidating. That the same Hashem who took vengeance on those people take vengeance on this guy as well. Um, this Misha Para situation, uh, the curse only applies to someone who actually gave money. If a person just gave his word, he says, yes, I'll take your car, I'll meet you tomorrow to exchange the cash for the car. So then if the next day he wants to back out, he's still not a person of his word. The rabbis, the Ruach HaChamim, the spirit of the rabbis, lo they don't rejoice, they're not happy with him, so he's a bad guy still by being, I'm not standing by his word. Uh, but nevertheless, there's no curse of Misha Para if you didn't hand over the money. Okay. Um, now, the last opinion here, which is a little bit difficult to understand, is Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Shimon goes with the approach, like uh, Rabbi Yochanan and the Gemara, that money handed over is, in fact, a Misa Kenyan. Uh, but the rabbis who got involved and said it shouldn't be a Misa, shouldn't affect the transaction, um, did in a more limited way. So the Rabbi Shimon, Omer, Kol Shekesef Biado, if money is changed hands, so now the buyer gave money to the seller. Yado, so that guy, the seller, now has the money in his hand. Yado alha Yona, he has the upper hand. Meaning, what that means, I'm not literally, but idiomatically, is that if money's changed hands, so the seller now has the money, he has the upper hand because he can choose. He can either give the money back, or he can say that no, the transaction is binding. Meaning, from the purchaser side of things, says Rabbi Shimon, once the purchaser hands over the cash, he cannot go back. No Mishapara situation. He's bound by the deal altogether. Um, the reason uh, why Rabbi Shimon thinks that is because he says like this. Well, there's actually two. It's a big machlok. According to the Bartanura, our hero, and our Gemara, and our Mishnayos over here, he learns it's a very specific case um, based on the Gemara, which is that in a scenario, it's a very limited application. Rabbi Shimon saying, listen, in a scenario where the merchant is renting property from the purchaser. So the, you know, the purchaser happens to have a garage. In his garage, the merchant says, can I keep my wine over there? And the, the, the you know, the, the guy who's buying the wine now says, yeah. He, the guy, there's two guys, Reuven and Shimon. Reuven has, uh, has a warehouse, and Shimon says he needs space, so Reuven rents out some of the space in his warehouse to Shimon. In the space, Shimon puts the wine. Now Reuven needs wine. So he goes to Shimon, he says, can I buy some of your wine? And they say yes, and he hands, Reuven hands over the cash. So now, says Rabbi Shimon, in such a scenario, it's a done deal. Hand over the cash is a done deal. From Reuven's perspective, even if Shimon could back out. And the reason why is because the whole reason we wanted to 
limit the efficacy of handing over cash because you want the merchants to take responsibility if like a fire breaks out, say. But here, if there's a fire in the warehouse, it's it's Reuven's warehouse. So he for sure can take matters into his own hands and he can and he can save his own merchandise. So therefore, there's no reason to worry about him. Uh, and therefore it's just the, the seller. And as for the seller, so we say, listen, he if he has the opportunity to back out of the deal, um, so then, then uh, well, that's that's that. Now, the the Tosiyot the, doesn't like that shot exactly. He prefers Rosh's approach, which is more generic, not anything about specifically the merchandise being kept on the property of the of the uh, the purchaser. It's in general that if we give the seller the rights to back out of the deal if he wants to. So then he has a normal, he has just a basic economic incentive to, to keep his options open. It's like a free call option. He says, listen, if the prices, if the market changes and I can get more money from my, from my wine, then I'll just hand back this cash. So the fact that he, he like stands to profit, he'll be on the lookout to protect his, his, the, the merchandise, even after he takes the money, because he can still do a better deal later, maybe. And that being the case, he'll protect it. If a fire is coming, they'll say, I better protect it from the fire. You know, fires are going to be good for me because the fire spreading around town will make even less wine. I can get a, fetch a higher price. So the point is, he'll take responsibility. So Rabbi Shimon says, given that he can back out of it, he will take responsibility for the merchandise. And therefore, there's no, read to, no reason um, to not make the, the transaction be binding if it's the from the buyer handing over the money. In any case, um, as difficult as that shot is, that's not the halacha. The halacha is like the Tanakama, which is, as you said all along, it's the taking of the merchandise that affects the transaction and not the handing over the money uh, ever. Just there's a potential once you hand over the money of the Mishapara curse if you back out.